Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And here we go on a Saturday morning. It's ESPN 1000. Mark Zander, Brian Hanley. Brian, we have a, uh, a White Sox win to talk about. And we have an exciting Cubs game with 13 innings. Cubs didn't come out on that one in the Bronx, but that's okay. That was exciting if you were watching it. They might need a rotation, though. Uh, <laughs> everyone's got a little something in the shoulder and... Yeah, Strowman's got. I mean, it, it, you know, Miley's got the same feeling that he had coming hours off the IL and probably head right back to it. But you know, Ricketts. They all said they had enough pitching going into the season. Yeah, but, hey, certainly they're fine. They're fine. Kyle Brian. Hendricks might pitch sometime this month. Uh, David Ross said, "Yeah, we, we, he might." I mean, he hasn't pitched since June first. But okay, eh, yeah, everything's going smooth. But yeah, they did go toe to toe with the Yankees and made them work for that win. So. And in, in the Bronx, that's yep. all right. You got your money's worth. 13 in- yep. innings. And uh, Trevino off the bench, the last person on the bench for the Yankees, ended up delivering the winning hit. And they're what? Uh, 42 and 16 if you're scoring at home. They're doing just fine. Thank you, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, you know, Rizzo is uh, of the three Cubs who were traded, Javi and, and Chris Bryant. I mean, boy, Chris Bryant in Colorado. They you don't hear win. his name much anymore now, do you? No, 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 no. And, you know, Detroit was supposed to be ready to go, and Javi was going to help them get there. And mm. that, yeah, you know, 23 and 34, and what, four and a half back of the White Sox now. But you know, Anthony Rizzo, you know, I think he left a lot of money on the table, on the Cubs' table, uh, if he turned down he seven did. years. He did, five allegedly. Years since, yeah. yeah, five years, 75 million. Mm-hmm. But he's getting by on two years and 32 million, and. On his way to maybe win another. So, Cubs race. fans, are you happy for Anthony, or are you ticked off because he passed up the big money, and he's no longer in a Cubs uniform? Yeah, but of the three, he landed on his feet. Yeah, he did. His, he did. Yeah. He did. And he, they love him here. There, oh he gosh. seems to love it there. Yeah, and and and, and any Cubs before. fan's got to yeah. feel like a jilted lover, right? Yeah, and he, he looks like he's lost a lot of weight. And he does. Yeah, when I first and- when I saw him uh, come up to bat with White Sox, I wasn't really paying attention to what the Yankees were doing. Saw him come up, and it's a—I mean, it's really noticeable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, I guess you know when you want to win a, a World Series and the entire organization, he talked about yesterday expectations there always, always uh, not just get in the playoffs and try to win a series. It's try to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Novel approach for a big market team. It is. It's weird, but it's the Yankees. They know what they're doing. I mean, not yeah. every year do they have that success, but they're always. No, they but... seemingly are always in the conversation, whether they deserve it or not, and that's just because of their heritage. It seems. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely. We talked about last week with the Cardinals. Uh, so, you know, a medium market, small market team. You know, if you just look at population. Yep. But we talked with uh, Derek Gould, and you know, every year. That you have to go back to what was it, two thousand six or whatever it was, till they they didn't at least finish five above five hundred. I mean, no rebuilds, no second rebuild in ten years. They the expectations are to compete, and in New York, the expectations are to try to win a World Series. So it'd be interesting to talk to Derek today after what happened with Tony this oh week. Boy. And there's no way Tony's going to get 
out of, I, I mean, we're going to be talking about this for a while. Few things that come to mind. And, and of course, we're talking about that uh, intentional walk on a one two count to Turner. A couple things come to mind for me. He was so defensive. I just don't want to see that in a coach. I mean, he just, he doubled down, he tripled down. We're going to hear the sound, we're going to hear the audio of Tony. But did that bother you as much as it bothered me? I mean, he just was like, it was as if, you know, Merkin and everybody else that were questioning him were from another planet. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that was really offensive because it's, it, it, Tony, it's, it's, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. The optics are that you made a big mistake. And there are numbers to back up. Now, I know he said, you know what, Turner, you know, he acted, you know, he threw it back at Merkin. I think it was Merkin, right? Where he threw it back at him and say, don't you know what Turner does? On a two-strike count, don't you know what Muncie does? But he never mentioned what Sousa does. Yeah, here's the well, splits he's... against righties, right? Yeah. Two twenty, yeah. three thirteen, mm-hmm. three ninety versus yeah. righties. Now Thank this you. screams, this screams, and Jesse said this. I'm not the first to say this. Jesse said it. Then Ozzy said it last night on the pregame. He does not trust Sousa. You don't do that to a pitcher unless you don't trust him. Why don't yeah. you? Why don't you throw one in the dirt and try to see if he's going to swing? Again, I'm not saying well, anything. He, you know, new. The fact that the fact they threw one in the dirt led to, led to well, the okay, maybe walk. not that extreme. <laughs> and I get that. And I get that. Yeah, yeah. But still, it just is. I don't care about saber metrics in the numbers and all of this stuff. It doesn't make sense when you have two strikes on somebody. It's going to take one more pitch, one more pitch, to try to get them to chase, and you don't even take that chance. It I makes feel, no sense. Mark, I've never seen it, but you're right. It, there's an arrogance there. Yep. It, it, it's old school managers. I mean, it's it's. I, I, I tell the story, Whitey Herzog. Um, I think he was managing the Cardinals at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he's in Wrigley Field, and he's in this, you know, the, the visitor's uh, clubhouse was the size of a walk-in closet before they did the renovation. So the manager's office was, you know, even smaller than that. So, you know, there's six media guys and Whitey Herzog before the game, and he's leaning back in his chair in his little school, you know, school desk, you know, because there's not much room. And there was a uh, a reporter in town, Bob Greenberg, um, who was blind. But Bob always... I remember ask, Bob. Yep. Yeah, he always wanted to ask the first question. Mm-hmm. And... God bless Bob. His persistence, um, he would ask the same question maybe three different ways if if he felt he needed to. And Whitey Herzog, things you can't, the, the new age managers or coaches wouldn't do today. Yep. He, he finally, like after the third question, the same question the third time, he'd say, he said, you know, I know you're blind, but are you deaf and dumb too? Uh. So... <laughs> so, I mean, so that's like old school, but Tony is like, everyone else is baseball stupid. And of course, you know, like you said, throwing it back at Scott Merkin and other people asking questioning, like, uh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, these like, deep yeah, numbers and everything. Watched, how you've been watching this game? It's like you don't know, you know, basically you don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen, you know, well, first of all, you know, Joe Madden a few weeks ago walked in and run. Hey, Joe's unemployed. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there, I mean, I'm just saying. Wasn't, it wasn't Barry Bonds. I mean, you know, right. there, there's one reason to with the bases loaded to walk in, walk Barry Bonds and maybe just minimize the damage to one run. But we saw Joe Madden do it to, you know, who I forget it was. But Tony's like, couldn't believe the Twitter 
explosion immediately. Uh, right. <laughs> On a right. one and two count. I mean, so, okay. So, and this brings a good, this brings up a good point. So is Tony relevant today? I mean, if he is for so all the wrong reasons, right? If well, and no, I, I, I don't mean attention wise. I'm saying no. in this day and age of baseball, if he is so taken aback by the reaction, does that question his relevancy to be, you know, managing in this game these days? I mean, it's well, a big I, question, and there are a lot of people that are going to call him into question. For a lot of different reasons, but when that happened and he was so arrogant and he acted like everybody had three heads that they were asking this question, yeah. that really, really bothered me for a lot of different reasons. Well, let's take a listen to what he said and how he doubled down, because I, I've talked to some people who, who should uh, know exactly what they speak of and which they speak of. And I'm going to kind of give you a little perspective about relevant or not uh, how TLR is going to exist here. But um yeah, I mean, he was even talking about, I believe he read the bumper sticker on my car where it says, trust your gut, don't cover your butt. And the, the other sticker on my car is, my other car is a Rolls Royce. But um, but yeah, it wasn't CYA, it was CYB. And he said that, uh, you know, that, that that's something, is how he's operated forever, right? Because that's what he's been told to do as a young manager. But then, you know, again, people were asking, and he was incredulous, and the questions were coming 24 yeah, hours yeah, later. Yeah, let, let's, uh, let's hear that. 24 hours later, I'm even more surprised. I mean, we talked about it. You heard me. I said it because I absolutely believe it. The fact that the game is so obvious for, for fans and anybody, analysts, is nobody has that kind of charm. It's a big positive. And the rest of us make decisions based on what we – you know that, that you're, you're exposed. It's your decision. You can't. But there's some really tough calls. You make the, you got to make a decision, and then you know the other team has talent, and they're trying to win. The reality of it's been true for a long time now in all sports for all coaches. If it works, it's a good move. If it doesn't work, it's a bad move. The one yesterday, you heard, I think I said, Mighty Dad, where's he use the word shocked? That's not even a close call. I mean, you know what? Muncie was hitting from the left-hand side this season? 125. So, I got, you know, I've said this before too. You know, you, if you're taught the what if game, which is the best thing you can be taught, and in fact, it's, it's easier for football. It's not basketball. I think it's the toughest. It's hard to play the what if game because it's moving so fast. I mean, when that inning started, when the line saw the lineup, I knew where he was hitting. I knew, well, wait a minute, here's the place. When that inning started, if you see trouble and you knew who you were pitching, you know, hey, wait a minute, you guys, Muncie behind turn, so there's no way the turn can hurt you. And if um, you stay on first, you know, then we would have kept one guy off base. But no, absolutely not. And since then, I've had um, somebody I know send me some stats about what Turner hits with, with one and two counts. It's like the third or fourth best hitter in baseball the last three years. I mean, we all know that. I mean, and Buncey's a very tough hitter, but he's, he, he didn't have it so far in the first half, not having that kind of year. And, and I asked, you know, walking back. Pitch to him, and I know the answer. Pitch to him, and Turner hits a three-run homer. Is anybody going to say to me, hey, why don't you face Muncie? And the answer was yes. So, I mean, I just, I chucked that one off to, it's taken the outcome too far. Two strikes, Tony. You had two strikes on him. That wasn't, you know, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't like there were automatic strikes and Sousa no. didn't throw the ball. He had two strikes on him.
And he talked about fans knowing it, and, and, and a fan stood up. You heard it on the on the field, Mike. He's got two strikes on him, Tony. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Man? And, and and right, and this is this is what I'm saying. If everybody, you know, for him to basically treat everybody like they don't know any better and they don't have a valid opinion or a valid take, and it's a no brainer what he did is really disconnected. And that's I, what really bothers me because this is the guy that's charged with taking us to the World Series, apparently. I, I hope he has tickets for everyone. Um, <laughs> I, I, He's driving seen, the bus. Yeah, I've never seen one and two count turn into an intentional walk. Now you just hold up the fingers and goes, right? But never saw it, you know, in, before that happened, the catcher had to stand up and, you know, catch the pitch outside. Uh, but I've never seen one and two. Why wouldn't count. he have just walked him straight away as soon as he walked up to the plate? Because it, it, he was all about what he does with with two strike count on him. I mean, I, I, it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I, I, it's ridiculous. And when he said if Trey Turner hits the three run home run there instead of Muncie, he's going to be facing those questions. There's not a chance in hell that question would have been asked. No, on a no. one and two count. Absolutely, he, absolutely not. That just would have been an unfortunate home run. It, exactly. That Susan right. gave up. There is no one who's going to come down there. How dare you pitch to him on one and two? Why didn't you give him the intentional pass? No, because we didn't know that that was even possible that you would <laughs> choose to walk somebody at one and two. Well, the scary part is... Uh, if, he's too far he's, into his head. If he's if he's in the same situation again, with you know, it doesn't even have to be those two guys. And by the way, Max Muncy had a little thought for him as he crossed the plate. Right, yes. Yeah, way, way to fire up another player. Yeah, way, way to wake you. up a player. How do you like my 124 or 134 average there? Dope? Right. right. <laughs> it's like, but I mean, it, it, and I was told by someone who, who's been around the game, you know, game man, and Fred Hubner was tweeting this last night, our old buddy, you know, game, game decisions by managers are the most overrated thing in sports. Okay, perhaps. But when you make, a I get his like point, that, and we we had argued that constantly, and I do get right. his point. But uh, right. you could see where it can go wrong. What right? And my my old buddy Dave Van Dyke, the longtime baseball scribe at both the Sun Times and Tribune, um, he basically had kept like during the year for our local teams. He, he basically said every year he could point to ten games where a manager won or lost the game by something they did in game. Yep. Now it's a one sixty two season. I get it. But don't, you don't, know, don't, hey, you could you could have missed out on the wild card by one game, and that would have well, made the difference. I, I, you're right. And what they sit, they're sitting two and a half games back of, of the wild card with a couple teams in front of them uh, right now. So, and that, by the way, we're going back to the Yankees' expectations to win a World Series. The expectations for the White Sox was not to be simply be a wild card team and see how that plays out. No, no. And uh, Tony, before we hit break, we're going to go to Tony in Elk Grove. Ah, uh, Tony left us. Yeah, uh, he had oh, a good I, point I, too. Maybe Tony will call back. I, I, well, after the break, I will tell you what, uh, in, in general terms, what I was told about the other Tony TLR, and the you know we talked about last week the whole thought process that he would have to quit because he's never going to be given walking papers by Jerry Reinstorf, mm-hmm. and so uh, you might want to got take some. A, wait, you got some insider info? Yeah, you might want to take a Xanax, uh, Mr. Xander. You might something. <laughs> all right, I'll have all commercial of uh, go through my bag and find the right Is pill. Is Xanax the one that the calms appro- you down? The appropriate pill. Yeah. 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 yeah There's some other one, choices, but, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> now it's legal. Like in every street corner. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe there's a, uh, there's a, uh, uh, a random pot gummy in my bag that I can pop real <laughs> quick. 
before we get back. All right. All right. Okay. We will uh, we will come back with that and more taking your calls. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. You can listen there and online on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Mark Xander. Brian Hanley's here, and uh, Brian's got uh, some insider info. And we've got to get to Jim in Aurora. He's got some thoughts on uh, Girardi and TLR. Let's get to Jim. You want want to get to Jim? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why don't we do that? All right, Jim in Aurora. Welcome to ESPN. What's up? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Hey, Jim. Uh, okay, so I think the arrow's going to get a little more pointy here this week now that Madden's gone, Girardi's gone. The Phillies are going for nine in a row, which is, you expect a bump, but not like that. No kidding. And Bryce Harper, Harper is ripping the cover. Harper off. made, I don't know if you guys saw, Harper made the comment the day after it was done that, hey, at least uh, we're going to have, con- that Thompson's going to have confidence and stick with our young players. I think there was a lot of tension there, and there could be that here. Um, that's all I'm saying. I just want to get your thoughts on that, guys. Well, you know, it's a good guess. Uh, we'll never really know. Thank you, Jim, for the call. Never really know what's going on inside the clubhouse unless we have some ears. And, and we haven't heard anything specifically. But, yet, look, yesterday that was, that was a nice win. Uh, 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 Davis um, was... Uh, uh, good uh, Dave, Davis Martin. Am I yeah, Davis, yeah, Davis Martin. Davis Martin. Five, I want to call him Martin minutes. Davis because yeah, that would make more sense. But yeah, Davis right. Martin, yeah, he looked good, and and we, we finally, Ronaldo. for the first time in how long, Brian, we finally had like a rally that actually stuck. A two out. How about a two out rally? Yeah. I mean, my God. Why? How, how how did that happen? Well, and, and it, look, it was Ronaldo, great. It was absolutely I, great. I, I saw where uh, the, the decision. So Davis Martin was going to start the game, and was told a couple hours before the game that. He's not starting the game, but he will pitch. Mm-hmm. So baseball ops suggested that they trot out Ronaldo Lopez for a couple innings. And by the way, how good has he been of late? You know, he yeah. used to he used yeah. to hold your breath, close your eyes whenever he came out because there was always one inning where bad things were happening to Ronaldo Lopez. But 14 of his 22 appearances this year where he's gone uh, more than an inning, Zero earned runs in 14 of those. I mean, he, he's he been really, really consistent. And that wasn't something you had said about him a couple of years ago. No, 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 year. no. And, and right. Remember, it was up by, it was, uh, I think, uh, beginning, getting into the 2020-2021 season. I can't remember. Where it was Rodon or Lopez. Yeah. And they brought Rodon and Lopez, you know, stayed there. And then they brought him up and he's pretty much been up since. Now, did they decide to make it more of a bullpen type of day because of the Rangers having to make it a bullpen day because of they, they had their starting pitcher go on the COVID list? That was pretty much the reason why they did that, I believe. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's too bad baseball ops can't call down to the dugout when you're going to give an intentional walk to a guy who's got a one and two count on him. Um, that, yeah, I don't think Tony would take kindly to that. I and, just and to, Something tells me he just would not. Okay, and, and to uh, Jim, our caller's point, you know, yeah. uh, the outcry on Twitter, the follow-up questions 24 hours later that, you know, Tony's chagrined that he's s- still being questioned on. Chris Quick, Yahoo Sports, 
column, White Sox need to fire Tony La Russa after another embarrassing managerial decision. Um, it's not going to happen. Uh, right. I talked to someone who knows. And basically, I was told that you, Mr. Xander, or I could be, get struck by lightning, or Jim, our caller, could get struck by lightning before he's going to get fired by the owner mm. and maybe get struck by lightning two or three times, each of us. It's still not going to happen. And it's not going to happen this week or next week or for the duration of the contract. Now, I don't know. He's got, what, one more season after this uh, on his contract? I don't know that they wouldn't have a discussion at that point about re-upping him when he's, what, 80 or whatever he's going to be at that point, hmm. um, close to it. Um, it's just it's not going to happen. So the, the narrative out there that he would have to go in and quit and resign and tell Jerry that it's not working. And by the way, the week started before he had this this unbelievable one and two decision, one two count decision that he went the the way that you know ninety nine point nine percent of us wouldn't go. Right. He went that direction. Um, he said, but at the beginning of the week, we'll see if I still can figure things out. Like you know, how, are we going to turn this thing around? We'll see if I can still do it. Hey, and look, then two, right, two hey, days later, he does this. <laughs> You're right. We we all figured that there's just no way he was going to be relieved of his duties. However, he is a guy that's used to success. And there may be a time, and, and you know, this is for the people who do not want to see him managing the team anymore. There may be a time where he decides, look, I have tried my best. I am not able to attain the goals that I have set, we have set for the team Maybe the team needs somebody else to lead them. I don't know what chance that would be, but I will say this, too. Um, You know, earlier I said, why didn't they just walk uh, Turner straight away? Well, first base was occupied, and that's why they didn't do it. However, however, that didn't stop Joe Madden. It wouldn't have walked in a run. No, no. I mean, when when Sousa uh, threw the wild pitch and Freddie Freeman got trotted down to second. Right. And the look at Freddie Freeman's face was like when when he, the Trey Turner's taking a walk is like what the hell just happened? Was it one and two? Every everybody everybody yeah. in that uh, stadium, but, but Tony was surprised. Yet he's to, surprised that everybody's surprised. But to, you know, you mentioned Bryce Harper, what he said about after Girardi, uh, you know, got launched and they won nine straight, and yeah. they were they, they you know they made big moves. They got Schwarber. They they're paying Harper. They. They expected to be a hell of a lot better than they were, and that's why and, um, Girardi got canned. But to your point, if the players, if Tim Anderson went up to Jerry, or um, you know, maybe he doesn't know it's Jerry's call. He you know goes to Rick Hunt. But if it became, and we haven't heard any of this coming out of the clubhouse, if he's starting to lose the clubhouse, yeah, like mutiny, like it was total mutiny, and Tim Anderson went to Rick Hunt and said, "Look, this is what's happening." And I don't see that happening with this group. I don't. And, mm. and everyone, I, I they seem sincere when they say they respect and appreciate Tony. And Jose Abreu last year said the guy ran a, the most professional spring training camp he's ever been involved in, which was a backhand swipe at Ricky Renteria. But I don't see it happening. But if it did happen, and I still was told basically that even, you know, maybe you getting struck by lightning or I getting struck by, struck by lightning wouldn't, wouldn't uh, surprise anybody and Tony still be sick, sticking around those odds. Boy, if, the, if, if a leader like Tim Anderson or Jose Abreu went and said, this guy's got to go, and, and you, you know, the old adage is, you know, coaches coach, players play, and general managers manage, and everyone stay in their lane. So I, I don't see it happening. 
but I've basically been told that even there's there's no scenario in which Jerry is even even in that situation. Right. That again, struck by lightning. I mean, uh, it's just not happening and it's not happening for the duration of the contract. And I don't Tony doesn't strike me as a guy, a walk away guy. Um, When he said earlier in the week, we'll see, see if I still have it. I think he's going to take every day of that contract to figure out if he still has it. Well, he may, but I guess my point is that is really the only shot. And I don't know how bad it has to get for Tony to actually walk away. And you're right, 312-332-3776. You know, questioning managers, we've been doing that forever. And that's just part of the game. And, and as as uh, uh, it was Derek last week that we talked to, you know, talked about Tony and his time covering him down in St. Louis. Tony is a guy that a lot of people scratch their heads at some point. And, and Tony's right. If that would have worked, he might have been a hero. But then again, if Sousa gave up a home run to Trey Turner, none of this would have even been talked about. It just would have been an unfortunate pitch. And the Dodgers are a hell of a team. And, and the fact is, one thing we're not talking about in, in the guy who, did not deliver at the end of the game, was sent down to AAA. Yeah. He, uh, Gavin Sheets did not deliver with bases loaded at the he end of the game. And we're two, we're two runs down. And this is, this has been, uh, you, you've heard me banging this drum for weeks now. This is the major problem with this offense. Now, last night we saw Danny Mendick hit a home run. That's Jake not Berger, typical. Jake Berger, you know, he's he, been on it, fire. And he's had, you know, had the miscue, uh, fielding the ad there. And, but yep. you know what? The, the guy offensively, you can't deny what he right. brings every single day and what he has been bringing. Now, hopefully, Grandal is starting to warm up here and going to start earning his and money. He, right. He had a uh, timely hit last night as well. And, and with Berger, I like to see him taking uh, responsibility. He, I, he said yeah. that's going to haunt him for a long time. That's what yeah. I like to hear. It would be nice if Tony said, look, <laughs> look, I made, I know it sounds weird. I know you all think it's weird. This is why I did it. I made a mistake and I've got to be better. And he that did. He said, he, he said that, you know, he loves making decisions like that. And if it doesn't go right, you know, he, he invoked Bill Belichick's name and, you know, I mean, he, he was trying to surround himself with the best of the best. You know, hey, remember that playoff game where Belichick screwed up? Well, guess what? He's still Bill Belichick, and I'm still Tony Larusa. Uh, <laughs> dig in, Tony. Well, at least at least that's the Tony we remember. 312-332-3776. We'll take a break, come back, take Owen. He's in Willowbrook. He wants to join us, and then we'll talk about some players that are missing due to injuries and give you an update on what's going on with them. That and uh, your calls in White Sox Weekly at 1030 with Connor McKnight. We'll take down the Rangers' first pitch at 110. You'll hear all the action here on your home for the Chicago White Sox, ESPN 1000. It's here and it's spectacular. The all-new ESPN Chicago app. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Hanley and Xander, ESPN 1000, Saturday morning, nice sunny Saturday morning. White Sox are taking on the Rangers, game two of the series. They won last night, 8-3. to three. That was nice to see. Timely hitting. It's about damn time. And before we get to some audio from Tony, I want to update you on a few names that you may know. Lance Lynn, looks like he will be back with the team on Tuesday. Ah, it's about time. Eloy Jimenez, the clock, Brian, has been stopped on his rehab stint. 
Mm-hmm. Do, you know what? Look, I'm at the point now where my hope for Eloy being what he was supposed to be, if it happens, great. I'm not even counting him anymore. And I well, believe, and I believe, uh, you know, I, I heard Jay Hood say this, or maybe it was Cap or both of them the other morning, but I don't even count. I mean, he's a bonus, but I, I'm not counting on him. How about that? So Dylan, to count Cease, on him. Dylan Cease was a throw-in in that deal. And I know. Now he's, yep. now he, he's well, the, he's the star. He's the yeah. star. He's yeah. the one that Cubs fans should really pine over because he's the star of that trade. Look, Jimenez, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying he's finished. It's over. That's no. not what I'm saying, but I'm no, not counting him yeah, as somebody. Is, I'm not waiting bonus. here saying, yeah. oh, everything is going to be fine when Jimenez comes back because I'll wait for Tim Anderson for that. His rehab starts in Charlotte, should be starting this week. All right, here's Tony yesterday on um, some of the bright spots during the game in that 8-3 to victory over the Texas Rangers. I exaggerate how big it is to get them going. That's where it starts. They have some success in their pros, and they'll build on it. But that's, um, you know, it's to us and nobody on. It's an amazing rally. It's different between this and pro football. I we'll won't have to wait a week to get rid of that one last night, say so. But um, obviously, Lopi was out there for one, and he was so dominant. We sent him out there really carefully, but you can't give enough credit to Davis. I mean, a couple of solo home runs, and the old thing, you don't get beat with solo home runs. And I mean, he made a lot of good pitches, and he kept it up, and very competitive, impressive, and critical to the win. You know, Davis Martin, the fact that he was able to get past that as a rookie, giving up a couple solo home runs, and he got his composure back, that's very important. Yeah, and, and look, the, you know, the rally with two outs, Jake yep. Berger beats out an infield grounder, right? For infield <laughs> Big hit. Jake Berger, yes. Yeah, right. I mean, and he had his double, and he's he had at least one hit in nine of the last 11, and he's had two hits in each of the last three. And so, I mean, he he's bringing the wood, he's bringing the bat to, to the ballpark every day and using it, but... He, he gave in a hustle play. Louis, uh, Luis Robert gave you a hustle play and, and beat out yep. uh, what would have been a double play um, and then started stealing bases and, and forced an error from Sam Huff, the catcher. So that's how you man, manufacture runs when you're not poking the ball out of the uh, ballpark. And yeah, Robert, that, 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 that Robert uh, sequence was yeah. awesome. You know, and I was almost surprised that Berger was DH. I thought maybe uh, Tony would put Garcia there. Oh boy! I see, and and three one two three three two three seven. We got to get to all of it this week. It's been you know yeah. uh, Tony Palooza with his decision and lineups and everything else. Right, right. I, I'm I'm sure that breakup is uh, coming with Leori. Maybe. Uh, here's Owen and Willowbrook. Hey, Owen, you're on ESPN with Thousand with Xander and Hanley. Hey guys, um, hey. great show. Um, you know, I, I just a couple comments. Um, I know, I didn't like Russo. I'm old school baseball. I didn't like Russo back in the day when he was first with the Sox. He was one of the first guys that specialized changing pitchers all the time. Mm-hmm. He he, you know, if he could have 20 pitchers on the roster, he'd like to do it. <laughs> yes, he would. And and, and 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 I'll tell you the other thing too is is I know he got a hit last night, but when it comes to if this team's healthy and they got to make a move, Mendick should not be on that Charlotte shuffle. The guys that should be on it should be Mankata. He was the third choice for the Sox when they made that trade. Correct. They're trying to get a better Duddy. They tried to yep. get Devers. This guy's had a hole in the swing from the day when Boston first brought him up. He struck out nine out of sixteen in the first sixteen times. The guy's got to learn how to hit. He's he's been inconsistent. He gets hurt. He doesn't hustle. 
he needs a, he needs a wake up call. He should be on that Charlie Shuffle. Yep, well, can't argue it. No, no, can't think so. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, the jury's still out on him. I, we thought we saw. But it shouldn't be. Or, it no, shouldn't no, be no I, absolutely not. I, I, I am not giving him a pass. Yeah. In 2019, we saw something that we said, okay, that's it. We see him. And he hasn't been back since then. No. And at and some point, Han's got to figure out when it's time to cut bait, if it is time to cut bait yeah. on him. And look, you're not you're not going to be a wild card team if he and Grandal. I mean, Grandal's thankfully started heating up, and hopefully that continues. But if Mancata doesn't join that little party and start at least contributing offensively, he's a left-handed gonna, bat that we need. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not going anywhere. And mm. and yeah, you know, I was on jury duty this week, federal jury. Oh, duty. how did that go? By the way, thankfully it, I, I didn't get selected, but I've served on three juries, and and thankfully one of them, one of the trials was similar to this one, so. They didn't want me on this one, thankfully. Um, but this Chris Quick, uh, Yahoo Sports, who wrote the column that mm. you know Tony's got to go, he lays out a case like a prosecutor would, um, and you really appreciate. You know, Tony says he he made the case his case that Trey Turner is more dangerous with one and two count than Max Muncy, and he gave you the the batting average, mm. and and most people don't go by batting average anymore with one and two count. So Chris Quick did some digging and he went to fan graphs and he said, basically that's not true. Turner slashes two two fifty eight, three thirteen, and three ninety with a one and two count against lefties over his career. Good for a seven oh three OPS, barely above the league average. Muncie, who told you know Tony basically bleep you, there's my three run home run, hits two fifty three, slashes two fifty three, three sixty six, four ninety nine against lefties over his career, good for an eight sixty five OPS, well above the league average. So Muncie was more likely to get on base and hit for power in that situation. Well, isn't isn't that the way? You could look at numbers in yeah. anything and decide to slice them and dice them right. to make them work for you. And again, you yeah, know, Tony you did not up the Sousa thing. Yeah, right? and Tony did not look at the. So when Tony leans on his his narrative, but he's not willing, to, and there are numbers for everything, but he's not willing to bring up the Sousa versus writings things. What you know that is just the thing that bothers me: the cockiness, the fact that every he knows better than everybody. Hu- and, and, and I mean, it's great yeah. to be confident. It's hubris when you believe that right, you right. Make, yeah, there's you, a, there's a difference, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and so then earlier in the week, we just talked about Dylan Cease, 45 pitches, Chris Quick points out. In the fifth inning, Lewis let Cease throw 45 pitches. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, eventually gave up six runs in the inning, and the Sox coughed up the 4-0 lead. And then your guy Lurie, uh, Chris <laughs> Quick, says, Tim Anderson sidelined Larusa because Tony loves Lurie, our Netflix series that you can download now. Yep. Uh, Larusa used. We don't know Lily how long Garcia. that's going to be produced. That may well, come to I'm, an end. Hopefully, scre- a screechingly halted end. Well, baseball ops needs to tell Tony that because apparently, left to his own devices, Lurie's going to get. Lot, Tony's going to see lots of Lurie. Um, Lurie in the leadoff spot multiple times this season. He has a 24 weighted runs created plus this season, meaning he's hit roughly 75 percent worse than the league average. 75 percent worse. No. Than the league average, and, and you know we've heard that he puts him there to try to jumpstart people. Okay, what, you know what? but that's ridiculous. Yeah. What, what? At what point do you say we're going to put somebody that has just really not been doing well at our most important position, leadoff? 
I mean, and, or, or second most important position, depending on how you look at it. And and we do not have a great record. We are mediocre at best. But we're going to try this to try to jumpstart this individual guy who is really just a utility player that's, that's I mean, filling a role for all of our injuries. If you believe your playoff livelihood and World Series chances rest on Larry Garcia's shoulders, then we're all in trouble. And and. It's it's Yohan Mankata's and, and Grandal's of the, the White Sox world that need to get going and jump started yes. and it's not Laurie Garcia. Right. I mean, I it, it, it just it's it's full it's fool's gold you're chasing here, right? I mean, good lord. And and it was Derek that we talked to last week from St. Louis that talked about how he was really fixated on a utility player, and I can't remember who it was in St. Louis and what era it was. Right. But this is this is consistent with Tony. He'll kind of find somebody that he likes and really give them a lot of attention. Give them a lot of rope. Yeah, um, and right, a lot, a lot of rope, lot of and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to the people that are watching the product. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I'm going to repeat it. Yep. I was told. You you know you got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than Tony Larusa being fired by by the owner Jerry Reinstorf and uh, you know I don't I, I I don't know how more clearly to make it he can keep putting Lurie as leadoff man he can make Dylan Cease pitch a, you know throw a hundred pitches in an inning and he can certainly start walking guys with one and two counts and in game decisions or lineups might be the most overrated thing in the world I don't think lineups are necessarily but the fact of the matter is. TLR ain't going anywhere. He's just not. And and the argument, and we'll get into it more and talk more about that Dylan Cease performance when we get back from the break, but the argument that people make, like our old friend Fred Hubner, that managers don't really make a difference, look what happened in Philadelphia. Yeah, and they by the do. way, you know, since we're sitting in the uh, time slot here, the, the hockey show uh, resides for most of the year, 9 to 10, We've got uh, a poll. Yeah, we've got a poll. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring that up on the other side of this break. It's ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley taking your calls, 312-332-3776. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Xander and Hanley on ESPN 1000, White Sox Weekly with Connor McKnight at 1030 here on ESPN 1000. Directly following our discussion, get away from the White Sox for a bit. You brought up the fact that uh, the Blackhawks, and and this is typically when the hockey show is on, you and Pat Boyle, uh, the Blackhawks, you know, have some major, major decisions to make in the offseason. And you put a poll up. You want to give up? Us that uh, yeah, Twitter poll, Brian? Uh, you know, I, I, throughout the season, much to the chagrin of uh, my uh, hockey show partner, Pat Boyle, the, the great talent who brings you pre and post and intermission uh, on NBC Sports Chicago. And I get Pat. He's got to live with it. And he wants to see something each night when he's doing his job that entertains him mm-hmm. and gives hope for the future. Right. So he's dead set against he thinks it's you know crazy talk to to bring up Alex Debrinket should be moved because you're in a rebuild and Kyle Davidson has told you that I mean unlike Jed Hoyer he has no problem saying the word and he'll even go further and tell you I don't know how long it's going to take he's not telling you it's going to be a, a one or two year fix it could be five or six for all we know so it's like when when I was covering the Hawks Bob Murray when he wasn't being vetoed by Pulley 
you know, admit it, you have to just look in the mirror and say, we're closer to the bottom than we are to the top in the entire league, right? We're not, we're much closer to, to bottoming out than we are to win uh, a Stanley Cup yet again. Right. So Pat never wanted to hear any talk about Dabrinka being traded. And why would you? Because he's a 40 goal scorer, uh, you know, twice. He's a great talent. He's only going to get better. It he's young. Absolutely. But he's not that young that you could argue that when they open up that championship contending window again, that he won't be 30, right? Right. So, yes. so you know, Pat. That, uh, that again is closer to the bottom than the top. Right. And, and Pat would basically, you know, tell me, stop the day drinking every time I brought <laughs> right. this up. Because I, I had the, you know, two men in a truck parked out in front of Debrinkit's house and I was ready to, to move him out of town. Not because I have anything that's Debrinkit, it, it, it's the uh, opposite. I mean, you think you it's need, the best decision to make for right. the future of the Blackhawks. And, and Pat's argument is that you will have a guy like Debrinkit. Why you worry about drafting a, a guy like Debrinkit and trying to get top draft picks and first round picks when you to just get that guy? But Frank Saravelli of the Daily Faceoff said this week, it's a question of when, not if, the Blackhawks will move to Brinkett. And our Twitter, one of our Twitter poll questions is, basically this offseason, should the, should the Hawks trade Alex to Brinkett? Simple, yes or no. And in hopes of you saw what they got for Brandon Hagel, you know, that would be the starting point of any talks to move to Brinkett. And then I see he, Pat voted 20 times no on this poll. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And yeah. he's not the only one. But, you know, this next draft, not this year, the following year, is absolutely, you know, they're saying it's one for the ages. So the Hawks don't have a first-round pick this year. And if they move to Brinkett, they're going to, you know, hopefully restock and get, because the, the two picks they have next year, part of the Hagel deal, mm-hmm. are because Tampa's so good, are going to be at the bottom of the first round, right? So you need to position yourself to get up towards the uh, top of that draft. Um, now, the problem is, Patrick Kane has basically said, that if Debrinket's not here, there's not much reason Patrick wants to stick around either because they make such a great, you know, they're great line mates, they're great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, when you're in a rebuild, you you know, you're not getting much for Jonathan Taves if he agrees to waive the no movement clause. You're going to get a lot for Patrick Kane, even though you know the salary is going to be tamper that'll temper down a little bit. But if you move both Kane and Debrinket. You know, assuming Kyle Davidson is the GM, we all hope him to be. You could accelerate this this rebuild in a in a very big way, right? Right. So it's interesting. There there are people out there in the around the league who think it's more than fifty fifty now that DeBrinket's going to get moved. And one of Fox fans believe that's the smart way to go. Or do you think you keep this kid? You pay him the nine or ten million he's going to get in the next contract after next year. And, um, and and build around he and Kane and, and go from there. Well, let, let's go back to when Dale Talon was the GM. Yes. We had some rough years. You covered them. Uh, yes. The we had days. some very rough years in the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. I think they were well, averaging like... Yeah, I, I well, in the 90s. Yeah. Well, in the 90s. Okay, in the 90s too. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's go to the mid-2000s. I, I had Mike Smith too. Yeah, and, right, know. right. Uh, there were some tough years. They weren't drawing anything. They were terrible. It was hard to be a fan. Mm-hmm. And Dale Talon made some moves, got some draft picks, and they turned out to be some star players. They gave us three Stanley Cups. Correct. So there has to be a motivating factor of do we do this halfway or all the way, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And, and, you're, you're and, 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 I, think, fan, and right? I think at this point, 
at this point, we've seen what all the way eventually does. I think we have to do it. Now, I look, I don't want to imagine in real time trying to watch a game where Kane is playing against the Hawks. Right. That's painful. Uh, to bring it, yeah, you know what, if we're getting draft picks, we don't know what they're going to be. If we were, if we were able to trade him and, and really get more than just one player, one quality player. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna have to get multiple. Right, 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 right. And, or, or a high level prospect who's ready to go. Uh, yes, you know. yes. That's yeah. the only way I want to see to bring it moved yeah. is if we can get more than one asset for him because a straight up one on one trade, I mean, why not just keep him? Yeah. But but if we don't have the right players around him, and uh, we love Patrick Kane, but you know he's not getting any younger. At some point, that's going to start diminishing. If we don't have the right players around him, we keep those two and try to build around. Is that an all the way rebuild? No. Is that going to be the rebuild that takes us to where we can really compete for a Stanley Cup? I don't think so. I think that they have to do it all the way. And as tough as it is, it's been done before and it's paid off. You know, and here's the thing that you don't want to do, uh, and, and I don't think Carl Davidson would do that. You don't want to trade to Brinkett for you know multiple high uh, draft picks and then turn around and select the Tevin Jenkins of hockey. So uh, no, you, no you, it's all about picking the right picks. I don't care right, what right. what what pick you have. You better have the right people in position to assess the talent and make the right picks. Because the new Bears brass uh, looked like you know they they. Poo pooed and downplayed the, but uh, this week, Tevin Jenkins, who you know was drafted, had an, another back surgery. Even though they knew before they drafted him, he had back surgery. He's now running with the twos, and you moved up in the second round to get Tevin Jenkins, and now this new regime, which should give you confidence that they're making assessments and choices like this, basically said Ryan Pace screwed up yet again. You know, no matter where he was selected. We're looking at something, and they're saying it's too early. To make, but they're, they're, they 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 said you don't need to be out there on the on the top offensive line. Let's try something else. Right, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Right, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Pace. Pace. Yeah, help. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you're thinking about the Hawks at this point of the year, and uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I am. Uh, I've always been a Hawk fan. I, I, I had season, season tickets, tickets at the yeah. old stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really hard to watch this year for several different reasons, and I can't say they're top of mind. But if you really, if you really think about it, what would you like to see them do? Weigh in on Twitter. Should the Hawks trade Alex DeBrinket? Either yes or no on Twitter, ESPN one thousand, or join us for the chat three one two three three two three seven seven six. What do they do? What will make the biggest impact? Does it make sense to half-ass the rebuild, which it doesn't, but maybe it does to you? Or do they have to do it all the way? That's the question for the offseason. 312-332-3776. We'll take your calls after this and uh, talk a bit uh, about what happened at OTAs this week, about uh, Jenkins, as you just brought up, and some other things for the Bears right here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. All right, let's talk some Bears here on ESPN 1000 in the First Midwest Bank Studio, Division of Old National Bank. 
Brian Hanley, Mark Zander, up until 1030, where Connor McKnight takes over with White Sox Weekly. Leading up to pregame and first pitch against the Rangers at 110 today, Giolito going against Perez. And uh, before we get out of here, we'll run down the lineup for the Sox. All right, so Brian, you mentioned that Tevin Jenkins is now practicing with the second team. And he was a big pick that we're really leading on. Well, the other Ryan was. Well, you traded up to get him in round two at 39th overall. And the thing that scared me immediately was The back issues, right? Well, not not only that, that uh, people around the league were telling guys like Brad Biggs that nobody other than Ryan Pace thought that this guy, you could switch him to left tackle and he'd be ready to go. They had no one, no one envisioned him as a left tackle, which is the most important position, right? Mm-hmm. And yet Ryan Pace thought that was going to be before the, the back surgery um, set him back. And so then, you know, they, they try him at, at right tackle to start. He's going to be the starting right tackle. And now he's the backup right tackle. I mean, you can't spin this and say it's, it's anything but Tevin Jenkins is closer 